Morning Podcast Universe. And happy Sunday morning. I hope everybody's enjoying their Sunday morning. Getting ready to have some breakfast. I just got back from a four-mile run, which was pretty excruciating. Uh, it wasn't too bad. It was all right. Uh, it could be a lot better. But, you know, we're trying to get back or get ourselves back into shape. And uh, it's been a rough go-around. For those of you who have known me, you know, I've always kind of battled issues with my weight. It's fluctuated back and forth sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a great weight level and looking great, and other times I balloon up and look like a hot air balloon. But anyway, all you got to keep doing is moving forward, and that's one of the things that I constantly battle. But anyway, I hope everybody's having a great Sunday morning. We're getting ready to heat up the pool. We're going to put some uh, steaks on the grill a little bit later, and me and my family, uh, we're going to jump in the pool and have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. And, Sunday evening. So I hope you all do the same. And while you all are sitting around getting ready, you know, doing your thing, pop in this week's uh, podcast. You know, our guest today is uh, Chief Todd Heiner of the Ector County Independent School District. And we'll be talking about the mass shooting that happened in Odessa, Texas, back in August of 2019, right after the mass shooting in El Paso, Texas as well. So, you know, both of those uh, shootings are really tightly connected to me as you know, I spent uh, 20 years with the El Paso County Sheriff's and I was also the Hector County Police Chief uh, for a while, which is uh, the county that Odessa, Texas is in. So, hey, sit back, kick back, enjoy this podcast, Leading Through Adversity, Chief Todd Heiner. Thank you. Going live in five, four, three, two. One, leading through adversity, unmasking leadership. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Leading Through Adversity. I'm your host, Jesus Eddie Campa. Like always, it's great to have you on the podcast universe. So today, we have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, Chief Todd Heiner from the Ector County Independent School District. Chief, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be part of our Leading Through Adversity, Unmasking Leadership podcast. It's, it's my pleasure, Eddie. Thank you. Hey, Chief, you know, uh, I, I know everything about you. I know everything that you do, what you're into. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how long you've been in your leadership role and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've, I've currently been in the leadership role as the chief of place going on six years this, this year. But uh, and uh, I started out in 1989 at the Odessa Police Department and uh, worked my th- way through patrol. I was a field training officer, promoted pretty quickly to uh, a detective. Uh, I did eight years for the city. And uh, one thing that I did, I was a school resource officer uh, sometime in the early 90s. I, I was trying to think of the time, 1991. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed doing that, working with the kids. And a lot of times at the police department, I would still volunteer my time uh, with the Explorer program mm-hmm. and, and seeing several uh, uh, of the Explorers, you know, grow up and become police officers and making careers out of that, out of that as well. And uh, but I, I always liked working with kids. So there, there was an opportunity for me to, do, to be an SRO and and. And I got an opportunity to see if if that's the type of career that I would like. And, uh, and so went through the processes and, and, and actually in 1997, I went to work, uh, chose to go to work for the ECISD Police Department and uh, worked on the campuses for 10 years with the kids. And, and I'm going to tell you, that was probably one of my favorite 
times 10, 10 years uh, on the campuses. Uh, and then in 2007, I got the opportunity to promote to a master sergeant and uh, where I supervised uh, about 10 officers. Uh, oftentimes, it was our whole department, 30 officers in the absence of the other master sergeants. Uh, and in 2014, shortly after you left, I was given the opportunity uh, to become the chief of police, uh, you know, for the school district. And I've been here ever since and and uh i've really enjoyed it it's been it's been you know challenging at times but but i've enjoyed it why don't you tell us a little bit about how you and i met how we got to know each other okay yes uh so we working as a master sergeant for the ecsd police department um we we had a vacancy for a chief of police position uh that that uh came open and I went to the chief of staff and I offered, you know, at, to be a liaison to help out with any matters that may, may be place related in, in the absence of, of our chief and waiting for our new chief to come in. So I, he asked me if I would sit on an interview panel for the chief of police. So I, I got a, the opportunity to to sit on a chief of police interview panel and uh, you were one of the candidates and I was absolutely impressed. You did an exceptional job. Uh, of giving a presentation and you were unanimously selected as the chief of police for the ECISD police department. And then when you came to the police department, you were just very welcoming and very, you were very, a, a very warm person to, and we became friends pretty quickly. Yeah, that, that's true. I was, that was one of my, one of the things I really enjoyed. And, you know, in the short time that I was there, uh, Todd, you know, I saw, I saw, you know, a, a really good trait in you. I just, I, I just knew that you had what it took to, to be a, a leader and a, and a good chief. And, you know, I saw the way people navigated towards you and, and the way you carried yourself. And I just thought it was really good. So, you know, when, when I, when I left, you know, I, I gave the, the recommendation uh, to the chief of staff that, uh, you know, that, that they, that they offer you the position. I think I talked to you about it first before I did it. And, and, and you said you, you were, you were honored and, and, and you thought you were ready and you, you kind of questioned it. And I said, no, you're ready, man. I know you are. I remember that conversation. It was a very interesting conversation. I, I, I remember the last day you left and I was like, man, I really was wanting a little bit more time to work together. But, you know, honestly, you, you, you told me, you told me up front, man, I've, I've always wanted to do this, this job, run a municipal police department. And you got the opportunity to do that. And, um, and I don't blame you for, for, for seeking your, your vision of where you wanted to be. We missed you. Uh, but, but don't we absolutely, we had a, we had a great time. And I remember the conversation when you were leaving, um, you handed me the badge, the chief of police badge, because you were, you were leaving, you were gone. And you said, hang on to this. You're going to need this. And I looked at you, you remember, I looked at you funny, yep. puzzled. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? You said, I recommended you as the chief of police. And, and I was, I had, Honestly, I had no idea. I, I really didn't. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And I was just I was very happy that to hear that they you know that they took my recommendation and made you the chief. And you know, it's it's one of my it's it's one of those just moments where I, I just feel good about it because I know I made the right decision and and I don't I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I made the right decision by leaving and, and I, sh I shouldn't say that because you know that three years after that was it was it was one hell of a ride, but I, I did make a difference in that community I went to, but I think I could have made a bigger impact had I stayed there, but, but then that, that opportunity for you wouldn't have been there. And that's what we as leaders do is we try to raise, uh, you know, and move our people forward. So I'm just glad that I got to play a role in, in you getting there.
Well, and and I've told you, I've always been eternally grateful for the opportunity to do it. You know, and 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 out of all the all the positions, you know, I I go back to that campus position. You know, everybody has to, you know, I got to work in several different phases of of law enforcement, and uh, and and you know, everybody has to find where their passion is at, what they love, and and you'll probably, uh, as a leader, you'll probably say the same thing, Eddie. You, there's jobs that you like and then there's jobs you love <laughs> right and yep, most, absolutely. Yeah, lot, most of the people your leadership positions you really you 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 like them you don't always love them because <laughs> so, they're, they're very challenging and uh it, it, you know and 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 but you love the challenge you know you you do and and it it has it's been great it's been six years i've been through uh I guess three different superintendents, you know, in that, in that time. And we, we have our, uh, in my time, my, my third superintendent and he's very, uh, pro law enforcement at that. It's been, it's been a fantastic, uh, he's been a blessing here to this community more, especially, you know, after we had the August 31st shooting here, similar to what you had in El Paso, you know? Right. Uh, and, uh, he, he's, and endured through that he's been a, a proven leader through this and and has just been an exceptional person that's wrote uh risen to the cause and uh and and so i've, I've been really blessed to, to have that type of person to work with and and you know some as the chief of police you still have people that you answer to and he is he's my boss and he's he's an exceptional person Right. Awesome. So, yeah, you know, so who's who is the new, super, new superintendent out there? His name is Scott Murray. He, he joined us in, in uh, July of 2019 uh, in from Spring Branch. And uh, he's he's just been an exceptional person to stepped up to, you know, some of the things that he, he's doing. And, and is a, he's really been ahead of the game with with many uh, things, including the uh, virtual learning that we're that's taking place right now for the students you know from home and uh and the challenges that they're facing uh in, in that in in this new you know this this new way that we're trying to to teach our kids it's been it's been a challenge and he's he's done a really exceptional job of giving a template of where we want to be and hats off to him Awesome. So, you know, we, the, the next question I have for you, and you kind of touched on it, and I, and I would, I think that's where you're going to talk about it. I'm not quite sure, but you know, why don't you tell us about a time that you've had to lead, that you had to lead under adversity, you know, something that just was rough. You know, it, it, it seems like, uh, you know, a lot of, of my career as the chief of police has been, has been challenging. And, you know, even, even from a, <clears throat> we had a, a boom and bust uh, that happened here and had to lead through that the, the adverse times here you know when we had economic downturns and we had to have cuts in our department mm-hmm. um and uh you know that was a, a challenging time I, w- I would say though that probably you know if you if you talk about a moment uh I'll a quick break here i'd like to plug my good friend earlmorrison.com and his webinars if you haven't stopped by earlmorrison.com i ask that you do and go check out the webinars quick 30 minute webinars because we all know that we're very busy leaders we got some really good webinars for five dollars you can learn all about learning from your mistakes making good decisions embracing change stay well or leave well you decide your attitude your responsibility and or pace yourself these webinars are 30 minutes long and for five dollars 
you definitely get more than your money's worth. So stop by earlmorrison.com webinars and sign up, register, and take one of his courses. Tell us about a time that you had to lead under adversity. So I, I, would, I would have to say, you know, a moment, a, a time that was, that was challenging probably was August 31st. We had a mass shooting uh in in Ector County. It was on a Saturday. And uh I believe we had seven people killed, twenty nine were, were shot total. So we had crime scenes all over the city. And I remember getting a telephone call from uh Ranger here here locally and he, he asked me, he said, Todd, we need we need some help. We need we need your department activated because we have a, about a thirty person department here here at the police department and uh and he he told me he said yeah we had a shooting all over the city we had mass shootings and he started naming the locations and i paused it at first he's not the kind of jokes you know but i thought can this is this real and so i uh i I asked him i said are are you serious about this i'm absolutely serious i said okay so where is Where's the command post at? What is the suspect information? And it was so mobile, it was still ongoing at that time that uh, there there was nothing. They had no clue. And um, so, you know, and you, you, and you know, Eddie, as a leader, you get that sinking feeling going, oh, man, you know, you don't know what you're getting into. And, and uh, so our department was activated. We had probably 20-plus police officers that were activated they were assisting uh with the call for service because i mean when you think in the of, about the you know the 29 different locations that there were that there was a crime scene um the, the city's resources were actually just depleted and so we had our officers uh on the combined frequency and we were uh you know helping to share the call load and uh and I, I came to the police department and I remember uh, the panic that was setting in, you know, in, in our dispatchers had, had came in and activated our uh, dispatch center as well. And and uh, and lieutenants, my 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 command staff came, was and we had one that was actually acting as a liaison for the city and uh, for the call for service. And most of our officers were on the city channel. But there, there was just mass chaos on the city channel. So, um, and I remember the panic, you know, in the officers' voices on the radio. I remember the panic in our dispatch center, and and I had to be that calming person. And I said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. And I got and I paused them, everyone, and I said, here's what we're gonna do. Everybody, pause what you're doing. All of our police officers get on our channel. Check out with dispatch. That's where they'll be. Uh, our lieutenant will be the liaison between the city of Odessa and 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 our department. And we we our first priority will be to give them the resources that they need to support. Our second priority is to make sure that we systematically clear every campus because yeah, this was in August. Football is at, at its peak, right? Mm, right. So I, I said we have to make sure all the campuses are clear, uh, and that, that's that's our second priority. First was to to help the city. 
second was to clear the campuses out and, and to evacuate those campuses for any any type of athletic event that was going on. I said, we are to go to those campuses systematically, ask them to stop the games and leave. And the third was to give an all-call for any personnel that are on the campuses uh, to call in our dispatch center so that we could send a police officer to that location to escort them to their car and make sure we gave them a safe route to, to, to make it to their homes. And so, you know, you, you know, during that time, you, you know, you, we did. We had a lot of chaos. We had a lot of, uh, you know, lot, lots of going in all kinds of direction. And as a leader, you've got to, you've got to rein that in and, and, and get people back focused. And uh, and that's what I did during that time. That was the most recent. We've had several things, you know. But uh, you know, over the years, where you've had to pull people together and 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 have that have that vision and have that focus. Uh, but that was probably the most recent time, and it was it was it was it was quite uh, traumatic for for our community as well. You know, with the kids and the kids that were in school. Um, you know, there we had we had kids. Some of our students, uh, one of the students that was uh, actually shot and killed. Uh, so, you know, it did affect our, our, our campuses and, and our, our uh, leader did a great job of actually, uh, our superintendent actually did a great job of, of getting it organized to provide the uh, support and the counseling for those campuses. And I want to say they there was 1,200 kids that, that they counseled the first week. Uh, of, of that incident, so you know, you, you see a lot of you see a lot of good through during adverse times, and, and um, it was it was definitely a profound time. Right, yeah, um, that was almost a, a month uh, right from the shooting that we had had in El Paso, and, and that was uh, you know we lost uh, countless number of lives and you know hundreds of people injured in that, and I, I remember. During that shooting, you know, I just happened to be in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City when that happened, and you know, I went home that following week, and then uh, towards the end of the month, I was down back in El Paso again. I'm, I'm at, uh, I was at, uh, I remember I was at Costco when um, my phone starts ringing and everyone's telling me there's a shoot, there's a there's a mass shooting going on in Odessa. I said you've got to be kidding, and the first thing I did was I, you know, I, I thought of you, Todd. And I said, you know, I bet you, I bet you, Todd and his group is out there. And I, I should call him and see what's going on. I said, dude, that's the last time you, that's the last thing you want. If somebody calls, hey, what's going on? Hey, so, yeah, like, well, you'd be surprised at how many call. Yeah, seriously. You know, I'm like, you know what, Eddie, you've been there, you've done that. It went with the last. Don't be calling me. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah so. Well, you know it is. It, it's it's such a. You know, I, I. That's not the only time. You know, I've, we we've had we had several police officers killed here uh, in, in I believe in two thousand and seven. Uh, and you know that was we were out at that scene and it was chaotic that that night as well. And we've had a mass. We had another shooter uh, where we you know that we responded. We've we've had so many incidents. It's kind of you know. But the most recent probably was that shooting incident, and it just affected so many layers in our community. And um, it, it was challenging. It really was. Yes, absolutely. So you know, why don't you tell us about? Um you know, uh, what do you think is the biggest issue affecting law enforcement right now? I, you know, I want to say it's the balance that we're, we're trying to, to have right now. Um, you, you know, I've been, as I said, you know, I've been 
I've been in law enforcement since 1989. So I was I was pre Columbine and then post Columbine. And you 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 remember pre Columbine, right, Eddie? Mm, oh yeah, absolutely. You, you know, I mean, the, the way that you responded, um, you know, even as as a, as a as a uniformed police officer, I mean, it used to be isolate, contained, and then you set up, you know, your uh, you know your negotiations and things, you know. So and now you're you're training your officers to become that first responder kind of a and you're teaching them the SWAT tactics and you're teaching them the tactical uh, part which I, I absolutely I'm not discounting that's what we need but the problem is is finding the balance of maximizing the protection for our officers and then getting them to be approachable uh, you know so so that they're peace officers because you know most of the people that we deal with uh, they're not our enemies Right, you know, the the, the majority are very, very uh, pro law enforcement. We deal with the hunt, yeah. We deal with a great uh, the majority of the people we deal with are probably uh, not the best people. So you, you know, the majority of the time you're dealing with, you know, some bad people, but uh, the majority of the people are pro law enforcement. So get people to understand that and actually to balance those two is, is a, another challenge you know but I, I think on a on a larger scale too i believe that one thing that is broken i really think in the judicial branch of the government it needs a major overhaul oh, uh, you know I, I, it, it, the problem is, is there, the legislative piece is making more laws for the law enforcement officers to enforce and making it easier for you to enforce some things but the judicial piece that it's it's an open door it's, the, the people are coming in and they're going out and there's not any punishment so it and, and the, the the branch is getting the most beat up about that is the executive branch the police part of that and and we're we're compelled to to, to enforce those laws and so so but but we get the the bad end of the deal so as a society on a bigger picture the legislative branch i think is 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 making a thing you know they get a lot of these ideas and things and and uh and and they implement these laws and then and it they make it seem so seamless in the in their uh but real realistically i think that that people need to pay more attention to the judicial and legislative branch and not so much on the executive branch you know what I mean? That that would be the law enforcement piece, but you know that's where the that's where the action piece is at. So uh, I, I think that getting people to vote and get involved in their politics and to get involved in the law is another challenge. Just we're not we don't see it at the voting polls, you know. Absolutely, you know, and there's all this prison reform stuff, and you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of prison reform and procedural justice and stuff. But you have to find that balance. I mean, you know, yes. you, you, there's got to be a balance, and that's the hard thing is, you know, when you try to balance the scales of justice, it's a little hard to do, you know, <laughs> even though you think they should be, because obviously Lady Justice is blind, and there should be an equal balance, but that's that's almost impossible. Yes, it, it is, it, and uh, and I think that there's just so many different uh, variants and opinions on so many um, on, on a lot of different levels. But uh, but in the end, you know, one thing that that happens across the country, you know, is is I do I, I do see the police getting the brunt of the beating that <laughs> that happens to them from the public. 
you know. So it's challenging for the it's challenging for for an officer to to hear the criticism of of, of arresting someone when that's what they're compelled to do from the legislative piece, you know. So so we call this segment unmasking leadership. While leadership is a great thing, what is the one thing you wish someone had told you about leadership that you learned or discovered the hard way? So like you know, um, you know the funny thing is, I, I, you know, one of the things that I usually get about unmasking leadership is I'll ask people like, so, wh- what's the one thing you wish somebody had told you about taking on the leadership role? And the most common response has been, "Don't do it." And the funny thing is that a lot of the times we don't have the choice. Sometimes we're kind of just thrown into that position, and, and because we are, you know, true leaders, and and you know, we just kind of gravitate to that position. I mean, for instance, like you, you know, when 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 uh, when the when the um, opportunity presented itself to become the chief of police. You weren't even aware that your name was being thrown out all over the place, being talked about this and that. And I was not. I was not. You're absolutely right. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Huh? Me? What? Okay. Uh, wait a minute." <laughs> yes, I remember that moment. It was. It, I'll, I'll never forget that moment. It was. It was. Yeah. It was a shock. You know. So. So. You see, you were kind of just thrown in that, but that's because you know, leadership. Leadership gravitates towards true leaders. So, and that's what it did in your place. But a lot of us, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we, a lot of people aspire to be a leader, you know, be the CEO, be an entrepreneur, be, be the chief of police, be the mayor, be the governor. So for someone who's starting out, like, let's say you're in the perfect, you're in the perfect role, you, you, you're around high school students. So like, you know, that, that, that eighth grader that's getting ready to start his life and says, hey, you know, one day I want to be president of the United States, or I want to be the chief of police. What's the one thing that you would tell him to say, hey, look. Well, all that's fine and great, but just got to understand. Like, well, one thing I tell people is, you know, that old saying, it's lonely at the top. It really is. Yes. So, oh, so, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing I always tell. You know, I, I think the one thing that I that you have to like people, you know, you, you really do. You cannot be. A, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you, you can't be a leader if something in you doesn't like people. You know what I mean? You've got to you've got to have that genuine likeness of people, and and if you can just you know be kind, don't overreact to things. Do what's right. You know, it's more especially in law enforcement. You know, it's such a narrow path to get into law enforcement. Um, I tell somebody to to make sure that they make right decisions and walk away from uh, peer pressure of, and, and that's a hard thing for kids to do and uh, walk away from those temptations that are around them. Uh, but you can do it. You can walk away. There, there's a multitude of people that choose to do what's right every day. So be that one that is considered of other people. And always remember that people are watching you, that they are. And people are also counting on you. And, and, and then when you get in a position, think your thoughts through uh, and even when you're pressured to give an answer, slow your responses down and, and you know, collaborate with your with, with people around you that you trust. And because uh, people that love you and care for you are going to want the best of you. And people that really care for you are going to tell you your limitations as well. So surround yourself with good people. And I'll tell you one thing that I do is I try to 
outside of my job, I try to surround myself with people that are in law, not in law enforcement. And I'm not, not to, to, you know, to discredit the profession, but I want different perspectives outside of law enforcement. I've got some fantastic friends that I've had that have been my friends lifelong. And, uh, and those are the kind of guys that I can turn to and say, what do you think about this? And, you know, I had some friends of mine years ago tell me, you know, you're, when I was an officer, you're going to be a chief of police someday. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? And, and um, you know, uh, I think if you just try to do what's right, study your profession, um, and you treat people respectfully and make, you, I think that you kind of rise to the top. Absolutely. That's right. I mean, if, if you do the right thing. But, you know, here's the funny thing, and, and this kind of goes to the dark side of the unmasking leadership, because basically what this podcast does, it brings leaders together. It's a place where leaders can come and unite because, look, you, you, you kind of hit it on, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we always talk about the people and our subordinates and how we should treat others and stuff like that. But one of the things that we have failed to do as leaders is to have a support group for leaders. You know, um, like I said, leadership is lonely at the top. So here at Leading Through Adversity, one of the things we want to do is is get leaders together to talk about the adverse things that they've had. And, you know, sometimes being a leader... You know, I've had the situation and I've been in situations where people say, we don't like you as a leader. You're not a good leader. You're a terrible leader. And when you ask them, okay, well, why? You know, what makes me a terrible leader? And a lot of the times it's basically because you held me accountable and I've never been used to being held accountable. Uh, I always did whatever I wanted and the last chief would let me do whatever I wanted. So that's why you're a terrible chief. Okay. Yes, I've... I've, I've been there in the last six years. I sure have. I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, when you up your standards, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, a lot of people don't follow follow you through that. You know, it's it's it getting people on board to understand that you're not trying to eliminate them. You're trying to make your profession a better profession, and you're trying to make your uh, job site a better job site to work at. Uh, it, it takes change. You 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 know, you have to. You know, it matters the style you move with the current, and it matters the principle you stand like a rock, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and you know, you you have to change. You have to be willing to change. You know, and, and uh, but on your principles and the things that's right and wrong, you stand like a rock on those things, and that's just the that that's the way it is. But you do have to be, you know, law enforcement's changing. We've seen it change. You know, we we, we touched on that all about the pre-Columbine, post-Columbine, you know, uh, way the police responded. And, and you, you were, you've been in the profession for many years and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you have to be willing to change. And I think that uh, that's, an, that's an important piece is to have that and, and to embrace the change because there's good things that come with change as well. Absolutely. And that's the most important thing is, you know, one of the things that, subordinates a lot of the times have a hard time understanding is that we don't change things just to change them for the sake of changing we change them when there is a benefit to everybody in the picture and yeah sometimes that change may not benefit you in particular but that's i think the difference between a leader and a follower is that the leader has to look at that big picture and try to make that subordinate uh, or staff member or team member understand that big picture without them even being able to see it Yes, I, I absolutely agree. So, in closing, uh, 
Oh, well, actually, wait. Before we even go there, I had, I've added a new segment to the podcast, and one of that is, so, Todd, the top three leaders that come to your mind when you say, when we ask you, who are your top three leaders? Who do you, who, who, who comes to mind? Who, who are the top three leaders that have inspired you or guided you throughout the years? You know, uh, I, I remember... Uh, I had a, a Jim Dotson. He was my deputy chief at the uh, Odessa Police Department when we were there. And, uh, you know, he what he strived for excellence was a fantastic boss. Um, so we all, I always wanted to model after him. Uh, and, and uh, you know, because he, he did. He strived for excellence. Um, and I'll tell you another thing that was interesting. I had a guy that was a principal named Ron Leach. He was uh, at Bowie Junior High School, and I learned so much of leadership and how to treat people, and, how, and from him, it was it was amazing. And you know, the, and I and not because he's my boss right now. I'll say this even you know if if he wasn't tomorrow, uh, Scott Beery, I've, I've, he has just been so impressive, and I think this community has embraced him so well. As a matter of fact, he was. Uh, Texan of the year through uh, state of Texas uh, for his leadership as well, and he was he was voted that. Um, I'm, I'm sorry for butchering that. I don't remember the exact, but but he is he is absolutely uh, during this time. He, he you know one thing that he says even during during uh, this this COVID nineteen time that we're we're facing right now that that this is the opportunity of a lifetime for leadership that's what he says mm-hmm. and uh and and that's a true leader and he's if, if i wish you could see the things that he's doing here that's just impressive i mean he's embraced the media he has you know media programs uh every evening he embraced and, and he has the zoom meetings leads the zoom meetings for the district you know usually on a schedule tuesdays and thursdays unless something different comes in but uh it's very very impressive and it just just and then, and then, lastly, yourself. I mean, you when you came in to the police department, I was quite impressed with with uh, with your. You know, you did the draw that you have towards you as a leader. You know, you do tend to draw people in, and uh, you're you're an exceptional leader, and and, uh, and I, I'm honored to have been on your program today. Well, thank you. I, I, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. It's not every day that I get to hear that. Uh, so you know, it really means a lot when I hear it. Believe me. Well, I, I, I mean it. I, 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 I had a we we developed a great friendship and and uh, had a lot of trust in in, in your vision and uh, still do. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, Todd. My so you know, in, in closing. Uh, what is the one message you would like to leave a leader who is currently facing some time of adversity and is feeling as if they are they is feeling as if they or oh my god talk about butchering my god you know, well, I, that's I, all right. it, it, it's my question you figured i'd know what i'm saying so <laughs> in closing this program what is the one message you would like to leave a leader who is currently facing some type of adversity and is feeling as if he or she is out there on an island all by themselves. You know, you're going to feel lonely at the top because you have to make those decisions and the decisions lie on your shoulders. You know, every, that, 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 is, that is sacrifice that you have to make in taking that position to, to that top level. Um, but I would say when you get to that top level, build a team 
that you can collaborate with, that you trust their opinion, even if the opinions are different. That's okay. Embrace the difference and listen to what their perspective is. It may be completely in contrast to what you think, but uh, but listen to what they have to say because they may pose a question and don't don't punish them for offering something that's different than your thought process. That's what you want. And and uh, you know, get built. Also, have some friends outside of your profession. Like I said, that can also give you a perspective that you can bounce ideas off because you know you, you got to think you know of who you serve in any leadership position. You have to think who, who's, who am I serving? What is who's my target audience? And 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 what what are they wanting? And so, so look at look at the different perspectives outside of your profession as well, and bounce those off of people that you trust, and build that relationship with people that you trust. Awesome, man. Spoken like a true leader. Absolutely, you've touched on every aspect that, that needed to be touched on, and I appreciate that. So, you know what? We we didn't get to touch on it, you know. But not only are you a leader, you know, you're also an entrepreneur. You know, you, 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 you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and give yourself a plug, just in case anybody happens to be listening out there. You know, so, so when we go back to, uh, you, you know, I remember, you know, living in a boom and bust economy in, in Odessa, Texas. It, it, we do, we see, we see where you see people making just great wealth, and then you see people that, and then after it, after it's in a downturn like it is here recently. You see a lot of lot of struggle, and um, so I remember going going through you know uh, a time when we in our department we actually had to let some officers go, and uh, and and I was and then I wanted to look outside of law enforcement as well, going what what do I want to do someday when I'm at the end of my career, and you know I'm I'm, I've got uh, several years left, but I mean I wanted to think about. What I want to do after I become a police officer, I really don't want to, you know, continue being a police officer until I'm 90 years old. But right. uh, so, I, so I had this friend of mine, he asked me, he said, well, have you ever thought about doing pest control? And I said, what? <laughs> so, which is totally different than what I'm doing. And, and he said, why don't you come with me? So I went to work with him and we would go to people's houses and treat their problems and, you know, spray their houses and do termite jobs and and I love to be outside I love to work outdoors <clears throat> and I, I wound up really liking doing that and and it, because it's it's totally different you know you know the law enforcement is so complex the problems are very complex the the, the decisions you have to make are very complex multi-layered and and these are, you know these are just kind of straightforward problems so I I really enjoyed it he trained me about seven years ago and uh a year a little over a year ago uh i went into business myself and i have uh, cheap pest services and we you know me and my son work and sometimes i'll I'll contract out but it's it's actually been a very very good business it's it's uh and, and the interesting thing is is that we provide a service i'm so customer oriented that it 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 comes naturally to me to to be able to go in and talk to people and say, "What do you need? What's your problems?" And uh, and I, and so yeah, I, I have a I have a, a, a business, uh, you know, Chief Pet Services, and uh, it, and we've we've done pretty well with it. I've stayed really busy. I try to do that in my downtime, and uh, it, it, 
that I've trained my son to the point that he's he can go out on his own now and, and uh, under my license and it's been a lot of fun it, it's learning learning about the business and learn, learning about uh, being a business owner has been it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and it's and it's very similar to what I do here at the police department I mean you've got a budget you stick with your budget and uh, but it's mine so I've, I've enjoyed that piece I love free enterprise you know God bless America you know Absolutely. You know, God bless America. And it's given me the opportunity, you know, just to be an entrepreneur as well. You know, I have my private security consulting business on the side, which is doing really great on top of everything else that I do. You know, I started started this whole new uh, leading through adversity campaign and stuff. So you're absolutely right. It gives you the freedom to do things. So right before we close, why don't we tell people your website? uh, I think you have a website and your phone number and how we get a hold of Chief Peckman. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I, my uh, website is www.chiefpestservices.com, and you can reach me at 432-889-4875. And I, you know, my license is in, is in Texas, but I, I uh, try to work in the permit basin, which is a pretty big area, but uh, we, we, uh, we can do every, everything that you can do regarding pest control. Awesome, Chief. Well, I appreciate that, Chief Heiner. And I know you got a bunch of stuff to do, so you got to get back to uh, back to fighting crime there at the ISD. So I won't keep you much. And I just want to say thank you. And it's an honor to have a a real leader on my um, have a real leader on my on my program. Not that my other guests have not been real leaders, but you know, I just feel this emotional attachment to you. So it, it's it's been awesome having you here. And likewise, it. likewise, thank you so much. It was really an honor for you to. And, you know, I, I hear some of your guests, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't get you on know, comparison. You know, I'm just a small piece of that, but uh, I appreciate your support, and, and I appreciate what you're doing. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, sir. And we'll close it out. You have yourself a great day, and say hi to everybody out there that is still there. I'm not sure who's still there, but anybody remembers me, tell them I said hello. I sure will, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye. Ha, ha, ha.